Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. Yo, it's Hollywood Unlocked and Censored. I'm Jason Lee. Hey, it's DJ Damage. All right, listen, we're back for another new episode. Of course, we have the same clothes on because we're I'm going to St. Thomas for my birthday. We want to make sure we have some shit lined up for everybody if you're watching the show. If you're not watching the show, hopefully you're listening on iTunes where you've given us a five-star rating or at Google Play, Spotify, iHeart. Um, yeah, I already said iTunes. But anyway, we're yeah. everywhere. But we uh, can wear the same clothes. I mean, we work from home. Like, I might just throw this T-shirt back on. Listen, be careful because, I mean, I, my staff have been showing up to my house. I've been in my robe. I don't even know if I'm violating the law by doing that, but <laughs> I have my robe. And the new thing I got because, you know, after that incident happened in New Jersey, you know, I bought all these guns. Today, I just bought a brand new 9 millimeter. I brought it home. So, like, nice. My, my, now, my, my, my guns are starting to get siblings. You know, I got the 9 millimeter. I got the Glock. Then I got the AR-15. Now, I got the 9 milli. My shot. Now, have you been learning how to clean the guns, too, Jason? Well, they haven't even been shot yet. Ain't nobody broke in my house. That's so. why you need to clean them. But just know. Because that's when they jam. You don't want to get in the jam situation. So I'm going to go to the gun range when I get back from my trip. And you mm -hmm. can come. I can bring six people. Let's do and it. And we're going to go to the gun range. I'm going to learn how to fire all these guns, clean them, take them apart, all that. You know what I mean? I want to learn how to use these weapons. But something interesting really is, you know, people are, why are you buying all these guns? You know, I have no new infatuation with guns. I just literally want to be ready at all times. Uh, not, you know... COVID, you know, famine, people were out trying to find stuff, couldn't find anything. Like, it was crazy. People couldn't find water and toilet paper and food. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm about to give me some guns. But also with Black Lives Matter and just being out in these streets and not really, you think things are crazy, you know? Living where you live at, in the grand scheme of things of LA, a lot of these murders that have been going on have been happening in, you know, some of the nicer places. So mm -hmm. you have to be able to protect yourself because... It's a weird war zone out here. It's not like your typical environment. Everybody should have something to protect themselves, whether it's a gun, knife, pepper spray. You need something out here in these streets of L.A. A couple weeks ago, some one of my neighbor's friends came to pee on the side of my house, and I almost came down with the AR-15, turn that little flashlight and that laser beam on, get your ass right there. Don't come on my property. I'm telling you right now. Don't even, don't even accidentally ring my doorbell because I'd be ready to go. But but I was what I was starting to say was what that incident that happened in New Jersey where that um, – that judge was in her basement mm -hmm. talking to her son. Her son was yeah. upstairs. The man knocked on the door was from FedEx. He opened the door and the man killed him and shot his dad. I get FedEx packages at my house every single day, right? I don't even go down to open the door anymore. I, no, I check leave the, that shit on the door. I check the monitor from upstairs. I tell him leave the uh, leave the packages and then you know we go down later. But when I do go downstairs to open my door, now I do have my gun in my pocket. Like I'm, I you just when I bought the gun, the lady told me. Be ready at all times. Be ready for every situation. And I wonder how many, I wonder those of you watching the show or listening, hit us up and let us know. Hit me and Damage or hit us up on YouTube or on the show. Let us know how many of you black people, black folks, how many of you are gun registered gun owners and, and whether or not <laughs> having guns are important to you. Because I, I just kind of feel like every black person should have a gun to protect. I yourself. mean, I feel like a lot of people have guns, but I don't know if they registered, Jason. <laughs> don't assume that all black people have guns. I didn't say all. Guns. That I was, was just letting you know. I was colorist. All black people got guns. That was colorist. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I remember I had my... Anyway, I ain't about to put myself in trouble. I, I had guns before that were unregistered, that were illegal, yeah. that I bought off the street. One of them that had a hair... way to do it, y'all. Don't do it that way. One of them had a hairpin trigger. used to scare the shit out of me because I used to think... I always used to think I'm going to shoot myself with it. But uh, I will say, I do think everybody should have guns as long as you have the right to have a gun. Uh, and I think that you should protect yourself, your family, and your property. So, you know, if you and, come you come to this property, you're going to die. And at the very least, you should know how to handle a gun. You never know what situation you might be in. You need, you need to know how to unload a gun, if anything, and load the gun. You need to have gun awareness because some shit can be going down. This is the world we live in. So I brought, the, I brought the 9mm home today from the store. And, you know, I had it here on the table because I was making my smoothie for the day. You know, it's just me, smoothies, and poop enforcers uh, guns. and guns and i had my nine millimeter laying on the table so when my staff got here in this morning i like put the gun away i'm like hey this is you know this this is betty she just came home for the day you know betty. what i mean yeah betty betty the nine millimeter betty the nine millimeter now so, do you i'm not about to talk about this on here i what? said do you keep it loaded and shit anyway <laughs> do i keep my gun loaded i keep it cocked and loaded thanks <laughs> you 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 walked no, right no, in. No, shut up. No, I didn't. 
no, no. You know what? I do keep my guns loaded, but I don't keep them cocked because I don't want to have any accident where the trigger accidentally gets pulled. You know what I mean? Or something happens. So, but I do, but I leave it right there. One's by my bed at night and the rest are cl- close by. And, you know, it don't take but a second to cock it. But yeah. And people that's listening to this, we're not talking about gun violence. We're talking about safety and protection. You have to protect yourself. We are public figures. We out here in LA. It's a danger zone. Even if you're a celebrity, you have to stay protected. We're not walking outside trying to hide our guns on our body in case something pop off. We're talking about having guns in our home. Don't get it confused. Well, I did apply for my concealed weapons permit. So you can't get that. Damage. You're talking to Jason Lee. Don't don't ever underestimate me. <laughs> Just I'm I'm at the final step of my process. When I get it, um, I'm telling you, you may not want to run up on me too fast. Just say hello. Because I'm paranoid. I went out to brunch the other day and I sat on the street just just exposed. Not the brunch we went to, but a different place. And it was like right on the curb where like people were just rolling up at a stoplight. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I, I don't I don't know. I don't trust it these days. So it's a weird place. But anyway, yes, I think you should definitely protect yourself. We're not talking about gun violence. We're not promoting gun violence. We're saying we're promoting be safe, protect your kids, protect your family. A shout out to that judge. I can't even imagine your your yeah. son get your only kid get murdered, your husband gets shot by the FedEx guy. Horrific. And, I, and if I'm not mistaken, the husband is still in the hospital. Yeah, he's still critically That's wounded. That's crazy. So the guy wasn't a FedEx person. He was an attorney that had been before this judge before who just had it out for her and apparently he had allegedly killed somebody here in Southern California. Came to her house dressed as a FedEx guy with a box. And then the people that sell me my guns, they were telling me the guy he used to be a cop. He was telling me that in that that when he was serving people, he worked for some other company where he was serving people like summons for court. He would dress up like FedEx and come to your house, and when you open the door, he'd serve you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, don't come here and play that shit at my house because I I have cameras everywhere, and I'm on. I'm looking at my cameras all day long to make sure. Don't even I know I know when the gardeners come. There's no other reason for anybody to be on my property. And I feel like all of us that have homes or that have property, you have the right to protect yourself. Apartments, even apartments, you live in an apartment, protect you. Somebody come in that door. And that's the sad part about Breonna Taylor, right? You guys broke into her house, mm-hmm. the wrong house. You fucking, she def- they defended themselves as homeowners should and you shot her dead. Like that's, isn't that crazy? And there's still no damn justice. It's been a hundred at this point. This is probably going to air later. 106 days, maybe? Well, it was 106 days, our last podcast. So this is probably like 112. Here it is. 110. But uh, this that happened to my uncle before, where they raided my grandmother's house on accident. And they sh- he, when they opened the door, he was sweeping the floor. And they mm-hmm. thought he had a gun. And they shot him. I mean, he got a lot of money from it. But it, it, you know, these things actually happen. So I don't know. What do you think about no-knock warrants? Are you opposed? I mean, it's crazy because it happened to me before. Really? Um, yeah. Somebody I was living with when I was in my college days, one of my roommates was dating a guy that lived next door, and he shot the corner store owner of the restaurant, the corner store, the bodega. He shot him and killed him or shot him? He just shot him, and they ran into my apartment thinking that it was his apartment, because he lived literally next door. And they came in, they didn't knock anything, they just busted the door open, me and my best friend was in there, threw us on the ground, handcuffed us, beat us up a little bit. And then they did one of those things they used to do. I don't know if they still do that. They brought me out on my porch, and the guy that got shot from the corner store had a shirt over his face. But you know how you can still see through the shirt? It's kind of to identify if I was the guy that shot him. And he was like, no, no, you got the wrong guy. That's a good kid. And everything. The cops had to apologize because they just kicked in my door, broke the locks and everything. And this was your house? Me. This was your this house? house. Yes. Wait, and you didn't sue them? They said I was like 17. <laughs> Damage. I was really, suing I probably been 19. Damn. I never knew how to sue any. I, I didn't know anything about the judicial system. If you, system, ever, system. you ever have a problem, this shit don't feel right, you call me. Just give me a percentage. I'll get you some money. I'll sue. That's the crazy thing. I think me, because somebody was talking about it, like when they were in jail, how many kids were locked up because they just didn't know their rights. They just yeah. didn't know that you could get a lawyer. They didn't know anything. And I was one of those guys there. The cops came in, kicked my door in, beat me up. Didn't know my rights. I was just like, well, I'm glad they didn't fuck me up. So I guess everything's cool. But and so I hope I mean? that people listen to your story and just take into account that like Brianna Taylor and them were probably sleeping in their bed and then hear people breaking in their house. They go to shoot 
to defend themselves like all of us gun owners should be able to and then to get murdered. You know what I mean? Exactly, so like, because the people that, had the warrant for the wrong house. Yeah, that's Just like the how rage. the cops had broken on me had the wrong house. And now there's people trying to shit on Brianna talking about, oh, well, she used to date a dope boy and she used to move packages for him. I don't give a damn if she used to date Al Pacino when he did that movie Scarface. At the end of the day, she wasn't doing that then. She was a public servant and the police officers still need to be locked the fuck up. I, I think it's airy how people try to justify wrongful deaths. Oh, she used to date a dope boy, so she was supposed to die that day? Yeah. Like, what That's does that crazy. mean? Well, shout out to her and her whole family in the community. Shout out to uh, uh, Kentucky. All right, so Tristan Thompson, you all know I've talked about him here several times on the show. Mostly Back in the news. Mostly because his dick has done something to get him in trouble. Um, you know, I'm so angry that Chloe took him back. And I'm not even like invested in celebrities' lives to that extent to where I allow my emotional compass mm-hmm. to lean towards an emotion or something. But when I reached out to them to tell her that Jordan Woods was messing around with her baby daddy, mm-hmm. and then the onslaught of attacks and co- cohesive attacks with the, from the Kardashians against Jordan Woods... And the fallout from it and Jordan being displaced from her friendship with Kylie and just all the havoc that that story did or caused or whatever. More importantly, the behavior caused. I felt, because I know how much I talked to Chloe, I know how much I talked to their publicist in the midst of all the chaos, right? I know how much they tried to destroy Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I'm frustrated that she's taking him back. And it almost adds to the narrative that Kardashian women are bad for women in general. I'm not even going into the culture vulture stuff. I'm talking about the rumors in the streets that the Kardashian women are not, they are not feminist. They are not pro-woman. They are pro-advancement and pro-nigga dick and pro-shit on bitches. And, you know, I've heard about it many times and many people have told me all these stories. You know, Chloe fucking French behind Trina's back. You know, Kendall Jenner uh, or or wait, Justin Scott used to date Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons then went and dated Kendall. Those were best friends. It's like the whole fucking cesspool of shit that they're in. It's although we we only focus on them taking the black man. We don't focus on the damage that they've done to other women. Some of you are probably watching saying, Jason, your eruption of consciousness is barely happening because this is what the fuck we've been trying to tell you. (laughs) I still fuck with the Kardashian hustle, but I'm just really disappointed. And I think Chloe has now turned the dial up on me watching how she has uh, taken this man back after publicly trying to destroy Jordan Woods. Now, I'm not saying that what Jordan did was right. But or what Tristan did was right. But if it's if you're gonna destroy Jordan, you gotta destroy Tristan. I don't give a fuck if he's your baby daddy. My mama had a baby daddy, and many women have baby daddies that they don't fuck with no more. Yeah, but I feel like we see this a lot with um women in infidelities where they create this onslaught or this this attack against the you know the girl that your boyfriend was cheating with, and kind of give old dude a pass after a while because you want to be with him. And I'm never against somebody trying to bring their family back. They had a child. I love to see families put back together. So it's not really crazy for me to see. But you're right. You know, if you put all that energy into destroying somebody's character and then you take the person back that they're connected to, it's like, so why is he off the hook? But the point is, you're always trying to destroy women. You're always trying to hurt other women. And, And so now I think I'm starting to get why so many people, women, hate them, mm. you know? Uh, and then there's still the whole drama of why they are not friends with Larsa Pippen. Mm. So now that now that I've been feeling this way, I've been starting to dig around. Larsa will not tell me, but Larsa, let me tell you something, darling. You're my friend, but being my friend don't do shit to me when I have a job to do. And I'm going to dig around and I'm going to find out why the fuck y'all ain't friends. And when I find out, I'm going to put it out because I now need to understand what the fuck is happening. Right? Like all the women that have been close to them that don't seem to those that have seemed to do some or not seem to do anything to them. Trina, uh, you know, all these women, you all have problems with them. I now want to know why. So Larsa, I just ask you to still be my friend, 
when I spill the tea because that's what my job requires. So, Do you feel like maybe they don't have a radar for what guy is hot at the time? So they wait for one of their friends to find someone and then, because it seemed like they always kind of talk to somebody's boyfriend that's or, close or, to or them. Ma- or maybe their friend says, girl, he blew my back out. That dick is good. That's a theory. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I just don't know what it is. But either way, I come from a place where, now I ain't going to say I ain't never been trashy. Okay? Because all y'all know I've had, I was drunk Jason. I was Twitter <laughs> Jason. I was, I was, I was Jason. All right. Now, so I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm not going to live in a glass house and throw stones because I know what happens. You break some shit. I'm just saying that I never made it a pattern to go after my friends' partners. Mm. Have I ever ended up in an entanglement <laughs> <laughs> with a friend's partner after they were done? God yes. Damn. Yes. Have I ever? You know, has has a friend of mine's partner at the time maybe met me and said, damn, like, I want to hang with him? Yes. So, I mean, now, yeah. But I've not made not it a practice. bad thing, though, because I have some friends that dated some girls and kind of wifed up girls that I used to talk to, and I ain't feel no way about it. So is it really, like, a bad thing? Like, I think what's, it, that, I think what's it, that line? What's that line? I think it depends on the depth of the relationship, right? Like, if you were with mm-hmm. a girl for four years... Y'all had a Yorkie, like you fucking lived in an apartment together. You know what I mean? You like you guys were bit like on Instagram kissing every day for four years. Yeah. And you really loved her. And like they were your friends and hanging out with you guys. And maybe you guys even double dated with whoever they were talking to. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, y'all not together, and then they are. Yeah. That would make me question like not I mean, only you was watching my girl the entire time, bro. You were waiting, you were plotting the whole time. And it's- you probably was Throwing salt on my name. And I hung out with somebody the other day, Damage, that told me something I never thought about. This person said to me, if I'm your friend and I see you cheat on your girl who you're with, Mm -hmm. I feel like if you would cheat on the person you sleep next to every night, the person that you give your sexual self to, the person who gives you their most intimate part of them, and that's their body. A person that you say you love and that you tell you love every day. If I see you cheat on them, I know you'll fuck me over. That's a great theory because um, I think, like you said, back to the extent of the relationship. Is this your wife? Or is this a, this a girlfriend? Is this a girl you talk? Like, what's the levels of it? But I do think there's a lot to that because that's a big commitment when you're laying down with somebody and you're supposed to be riding with them. Sometimes you are more intimate and more connected to your girl than your friends. But that's probably why they may not fuck you over and may will. I think it's a great theory, though. I'm thinking about all my homies that cheated and see if they ever fucked me over and they never did. So that's why I'm like, I don't know. But I do tell you this. I will never be out with my homies if they cheating on their girl. If no? I know their girlfriend. Why not? And they out doing some shit, I'm not doing it. I'm not why a part of that. Not? Because now, now you put me into your, to your mess that I don't want to be a part of. Now you're complicit. Now, yeah, now I'm complicit. Now when I come around, she's triggered by the shit you didn't did, and I ain't do nothing. I'm if not you, doing if that. If you were out with your boy and he cheated on his girl, and then you ran into his girl and she asked you if her man has ever cheated on her, what would you say? I'm on my damn bill. I keep walking. That's not for me to you tell. Can't keep walking mid question. Yes, the fuck I can. Hey, you think, oh, shit, I got to go. <laughs> oh, man, you know my Uber's here, uh, Postmates. So like that, you outside and I'll get Postmates at the corner. So in a way that, that. So now in a way that would say yes, that nigga cheated on you. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm just gonna be out. But look, <laughs> if I got a homie and I know his girl and we go out and he start doing some bullshit, I'm out. I'm like, yo, bro, I got roll. Cause I can't okay. get caught up with so, that shit. All right, so when I get engaged to my husband and me mm-hmm. and you go out and we're at hookah and then I, another piece slides through, are you out? See, here's the thing. I never know what's your piece or what's not. <laughs> Good answer. People, everybody that's watching this, you would never really know until Jason say it. These guys come, they just cool dudes, you know. You don't never really know. So I just like, oh, you know, it's Jason's friend. I don't fucking know. <laughs> that was a great answer. And you know what's so crazy when we first started this show? If you've been watching this show from day one, if you watched the actual show, there used to be so many friends of mine that would come to the show, right? And I never thought about them sitting in, because the way the room was configured, 
there was a corner by the front door <laughs> that was just like the most space in the background. So they sat there. And then when I started reading the comments, when people kept saying, like, who was that? Who was that? They all fine. They all look alike. I started putting them in the corner <laughs> to the left behind Melissa because you couldn't see anything. But now I just, now at the studio, we don't, we don't have them come anymore. And I really don't have anybody. So I'm in love with myself at this point. I'm focusing. And it's crazy when you do love yourself, more people do mm -hmm. pop up. You know what? Like, they see the glow. They see, they see the glow. It's an energy. I rebuke you, devil. Don't bring that energy around me right now. I still need to lose at least another 60 pounds. Get these thighs right. Get this. Oh, I have a new mantra. You ready? Want to hear it? What is it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. By the way, I still haven't weighed in. I'm still 40 pounds because from the last show, I still haven't weighed in yet. But next next show, I'll probably be down 50. So don't, don't worry about it. All right. So my friend was telling me, this is your new mantra. Here we go. Abs flatter. Mm -hmm. Ass fatter. No. Hater, haters matter. Yeah, Jason. Listen, J God, Jason, God. you really want a fatter ass, I wanna, Jason? I want a nice ass. At, uh, yes, damn it. I want a Why? nice ass. Because I think every man should have a nice ass. Your woman wants to be able to, when you're fucking her, she wants to hold on to your ass. Okay. So, I mean, ain't nobody going to fuck my ass. I'm just saying I want to have <laughs> a nice ass. I know what my chest, I, want, I, I know I want my I just know life. when I'm working out, I never thought about like... The, the plumpness or trying to insinuate my ass. Shit. When I be at the gym, I be looking. It's people in there worried about that. They squatting. <laughs> they squatting. I got kettlebells for squats for that days. That means I got to start tying the, the thing around my waist like girls. Do you ever see girls at the gym? They got to tie the sweater around their waist. I'm like, I'm still looking at that ass. Uh, I still know what's under there. I mean, I still know what's under there. And if I don't know what's under there, you're going to be in the locker room anyway. Not that I be looking because I be in and out. I clean my ears, wash my hands, and I'm out. I don't It'd be too much going on in the locker rooms in these LA gyms. I, yeah, I don't like the locker room experience. I don't get it. Well, I don't get it. It's I, always like the oldest person possible, butt naked in the locker room. Not at equal. That's what I don't get about. Not it. at Equinox. Everybody's naked. And here's the deal: they be in there taking hell along, putting on lotion. It don't take you that long to put on lotion at home. It shouldn't take you that long to put on lotion at the gym. Just put your drawers on, bro. And then like, they be in. The, then they be in that steam room. I, I'm gonna start reporting the steam room to the health department. Because I don't know what they think that is, but that's to go in there and get steam, you know, not to create steam. All right, y'all, it's time for another Hollywood hookup. And uh, I have a question for y'all. Do yeah. you have a butthole? D damage. Are you trying to tell me something? No, hell no. Anyway, this is this ad is for you. This is something totally different, Jason. Now, it's so hard to believe that when we go to the bathroom in this country, most of us wipe instead of wash. For years, bidets have been available, but hideously expensive, costing thousands of dollars. Mm. The Hello Tushy Modern Bidet Attachment is here to democratize the blessings bestowed by bidets and offer clean buttholes for everyone. Thank Hello God. I love you, Tushy. <laughs> Hello Tushy cleans your butt with a precise stream of fresh water for just $79. That's cheap. Attaches, oh, it's super cheap. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity, or additional plumbing and cuts toilet paper use by 80%. So the Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself in a few months because with Hello Tushy, you don't have to wipe at all. Even the best two-ply just can't cut it when it comes down to hands-free poop experience. God. It's the paper products and uncomfortable chafing when you switch to the soothing cleansing stream of water from the Hello Tushy bidet attachment. And every Hello Tushy Bidet attachment comes with 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. Join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. Clean your butt. Clean it. Everybody. That's great. I love that. Okay, so you want the Hello Tushy Bidet? This is how you get it. Go to hellotushy.com slash unlock and get 10% off. This is a special offer for our listeners, so go to hellotushy.com slash unlock for 10% off. Hellotushy.com slash unlock. And, and that's your Hollywood hookup. Clean your butts today. The right way. All right, but anyway, Tristan Thompson is in the news. <laughs> Tristan Thompson is in the news because we had previously reported that Tristan had sued a woman named Kimberly Alexander for libel and slander after she publicly claimed that he had fathered a son. Um, again, mm -hmm. Dick is in, getting him in trouble. But she was venting on social media. She called him a deadbeat dad um, after allegedly failing to provide for the little boy since he was born. 
Now, uh, Thompson did admit to having a brief relationship with Alexander. He even said that um, he'd already taken a DNA test that showed he wasn't the father and offered to take another one in an accredited facility because the, uh, Alexander had accused him of using um, a place to take the, 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 uh, the paternity test that was supported or funded or something by the Kardashians or some weird shit where she basically said, I don't trust it. So now Tristan is filing for a, a default judgment in the suit against the model. Basically, he's suing her for running his name in the dirt. Tristan, your name's already in the dirt because your dick is in the dirt. What I was trying to understand is what's the point? Like everyone has moved on from this story. It's not like everybody's saying, you know, oh, don't you got this other? Ba-? It don't fucking matter, bro. Like because I'm sure now that Chloe has lowered her self esteem to take him back. That she that he is somehow saying, baby, that ain't mine. That that one ain't mine. The other fifty, though, maybe, but that one ain't mine. And she's probably forcing him to prove it. You know, ah, so I mean, this I'm, is this I'm, is not I'm, even about. This is between them two. I'm sure her ego is bruised at this point. Like yeah. I will say, when when I've talked to Chloe, and I will never, no matter, she changed her number now because I think he probably said, don't talk to that nigga no more. Like leave him alone. Because I used to always talk about, you know, what I thought about the whole situation. But I will say to Chloe's defense, I mean, at least from texting, again, texting Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked, maybe different than when you text the Illuminati to go attack a bitch whose man you're trying to take. Um, She's very sweet and very nice and just very, like, she's always positive and always, like, wishing the best for everybody. And so Mm -hmm. I, I, I just pray for Chloe's heart. But at the same time, Chloe, you owe Jordan a fucking apology because you took that man back and he out here is slinging dick everywhere. And and I don't know why you would take him back and not take your friend back. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like if my friend had cheats with my man, they're all out to me. Everybody's out. Yeah. And are they really friends? Was Jordan Woods like friends with Chloe? Was she friends with Kylie? And like they just the kind of around? Fam- no, the whole family. She was family. That's why oh, it was yeah. so shocking. That's why the story was so big. Oh, side note, I have to tell you something else that happened. I went to lunch with a friend of mine. Okay. okay? This is a real story. Y'all be thinking I make this shit up. And I know you're 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 about to holler. Wherever you are listening to this shit, you're you're about to ha 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 holler. Okay. My friend, I go to lunch with him and we're talking, right? He allegedly is straight, never sucked a dick or nothing like that. I'm like, okay, fine. And this isn't a gay story, by the way. Well, it's, it's kind of weird, but it's not okay, okay. So he says to me, yo, bro, me and my brother, we don't get along right now. I said, why not? He said, my brother and I went to San Diego with this girl he's been dating. Mm. And he said to me that his girl's fantasy on her bucket list is to always have sex with two men at the same time. And so he was like, do you want to hit? He asked his brother, did he want to fuck his girlfriend? Mm. They rent a hotel room. They go in. So he, the, my friend takes the shower while his, while, his friend, while his brother's in the room with the girl. After he gets out the shower, he comes out, and now his brother has to go and take a shower. So while his brother's taking a shower, him and the girl start messing around. He starts fucking his girlfriend. The brother comes out, and then they start fucking her at the same time. And then when he finishes, the brother fucks her and finishes. And then the girl falls in love with the brother. Damn. And then he takes his brother to go play basketball. And when he drops his brother off at his game, his brother says, don't fuck her while I'm gone, bro. Like, that was what it was. He goes back to the hotel and fucks the girl again. Now the girl is in love with him. And now the brothers have fallen out. Damn. Is that crazy? Damn. That is wild. First of all, them niggas is wild for doing that together anyway. So it already started off <laughs> shaky. Yeah. But that's but that's what happens. Well, and he showed me a, he, he showed me a video of him recording his brother fucking the girl. He can't fuck. So clearly I understand why the, if he has a stroke. They were taping it? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the brother was taping his girl and his That's crazy. But this is why women wait, are afraid wait, to have three. Wait, wait, I still have incisions. I still have I still have things holes. Hold on a minute. The Why bro- did he need no, that no, documented? No, no, no. no, the brother who fucked his brother's yeah. girlfriend was taping his, the whole thing. No, fucked his brother fucking his girlfriend. No, fucked. Okay, the girl has a boyfriend, uh-huh. and the brother, the boyfriend has a brother. The brother was fucking the boyfriend, fucking his own girlfriend. 
recording the, the boyfriend fucking the girlfriend. Yes. Okay, you didn't say that. You didn't just say that. <laughs> Did I? I didn't? <laughs> oh, I said the, you thought I said the boyfriend was fuck, uh, recording the brother fucking his girlfriend? That's what you were supposed to say. Oh, no, that's but not what happened. This is why women be scared to have threesomes, because they feel like you're going to fuck her, then you're going to go off on your own and keep fucking her. That's right. what she did. So, ladies, no, this happens both ways. I don't know why two brothers are fucking one girl, but it can happen either way. No yeah. one's safe. So you wouldn't let your, your brother fuck your girl? Never. <laughs> Especially with me in a room with my dick out. Never. But, but what if it was Thanksgiving? What'd that mean? <laughs> it's the season to give. No. <laughs> so even if like, even if like, no. you, under no, no. circumstance... There's no first of all, there's what if, but what no if your reason. Well, what if your brother came to you and said, I need you to save my relationship and fuck my bitch? He can leave. Damn. You, you like to if he's begging me to yeah. fuck his girl, all right, man. Shit. <laughs> but you gotta go. Well, you ain't gotta beg me. If your man is hot, just schedule it. Call Keisha. I mean <laughs> put, put it on the calendar. Wow. And yeah. then he his the brother's wild because he went back and kept fucking her too. You supposed brother, to have more the brother, your brother. The brother dropped him off and drove straight back to fuck her. He said, oh, he ain't doing this right. <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't seen his video, so I don't know if he did it right or wrong. But either way, she got two dicks in one day. And they're brothers, I guess. So, hey. All right. So, what's up with Fat Joe? I'm, that's my boy. Shout out to so Fat salute Joe. Salute to Fat Joe. You know, he has his podcast. He interviewed Rick Ross off the uh, the hills of the verses with Rick Ross and 2 Chains, And they were talking about Drake because in both of... The uh, artists, I guess what you would say, um, turns, 2 Chains and Rick Ross, they were playing their Drizzy verses. So Drake came up in the conversation. Ross said the love between him and Drake is genuine. They've been close for almost a decade now. They gift each other with stuff. And Fat Joe said Drake is possibly the hardest person to get in touch with. And let's be clear, every song he does goes number one. He's like the Michael Jackson of this time. They're saying Drake is the Michael Jackson of today. You shaking your head? You don't like that? I, I think that Drake is iconic. Yeah, I think that Drake is gonna be. He's a super. He's a superstar who's on his way to becoming iconic. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him start from the bottom. We ain't going there. Uh, and I and I'm proud of Drake in every which way. But I think that the Michael Jackson of our time is clearly Beyonce. Like that is the Michael Jackson of our time. That would be the closest comparison. But, but let's be fucking clear, people. Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson. And if you didn't live through that era and you don't go back and watch YouTube videos or understand his impact on music and the culture and the world with his activism and everything he stood for and fuck all the little molest allegations that weren't true and all that type of shit. But if you really go back and study Michael Jackson, and I ain't just talking about white Michael Jackson, I'm talking about black Michael Jackson, big brown nose Michael Jackson, Jerry Curl before he got burnt up on Pepsi set commercial, Michael Jackson. Like, why are we, like, Beyonce is the closest thing to a Michael Jackson, but Bills, Bills, yeah. Bills ain't never going to measure up to Billie Jean or Thriller. I, I, I think we stop, stop comparing people to Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson. I watched a, a video where Michael Jackson came out on stage and stood there for like 20 seconds and 100 people passed out and had to get taken to the hospital. Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson. Drake is amazing. Drake is something we've never seen before. And it, and it doesn't take away from Drake's accomplishment. No, Drake say- is Drake. And I feel like we don't need to do that. Now, shout out to Fat Joe. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. But I feel like Michael Jackson is his own thing. Like you said, like his presence was so powerful. Like, you know, you might see Drake at the club. I'm like, oh, shit, that's Drake. Michael Jackson could never go to a nightclub. Michael Jackson could never go anywhere. And and I I would say, like, Beyonce can really... She can really go nowhere either. Like you ain't Beyonce can't just walk up in the club, but she has walked up in the club. Yeah. Michael's not walking in a club. You, you can't. You, you, there, there wouldn't be enough safety for the for people if you walked in the club. But here's the thing about Michael Jackson: your grandmom loved him, your aunt, your uncle, your bus driver, the your, police, your son, everybody, your kids. Everybody was yeah. a fan, so it didn't matter where you went. You, it's no safe zone. It's like, oh, they really, you know, they're not my fans. It's not my demographic. Everybody is Michael Jackson's demographic, no matter what country, what city. And I want to so, say, yeah. and I want to say something just to really quick. If you're listening to this, if you don't follow Fat Joe on Instagram, please go follow his Instagram because J- Fat Joe 
Joey, crack, whatever. Um, crack. I've actually built a friendship with, not, and I don't want to say friends like we're homies, but like we talk, we text, whatever. He is actually, and you know, remember when we interviewed him in New York, he's actually one of the nicest people. We'll hop on a call. If I have an idea, I want to create something. He's ready to, like, he's very supportive. He's a legend. Um, he's, a, he's a positive spirit, and he just literally gives you good energy. Please follow his Instagram because he created his show on instagram he's had floyd he's had a lot of celebrities on there that he's talking to and getting really good conversations out of people i said joe don't try to take my fucking job now joe's an og man yeah, joe's been respect. doing this for a long time so salute the fat joe man really always i love to see somebody from the rap game that's been doing it this long and can transition into other avenues like him nori i love how they're doing that that's perfect yeah all right so um did you hear about rick ross and um terry cruz I have. So, you know, of course, we're talking about verses and Rick Ross played this new track where he's calling Terry Crews his new name, Mr. Coon, Terry Coon. Jesus. Didn't I, didn't we call him that first? Terry Coon, man. And, you know, he's owning it. Terry Crews put up on, on Twitter trying to rebrand the name of Coon or something that was dumb as shit. But, yeah, Rick Ross is calling him out. And that's that's what artists should do. Now, do you think that, because I remember when I was on the Wendy show and I called Terry Crews a coon and everybody gasped and and, and Wendy gasped or whatever. Um, he's doing coon-like shit, right? So shouldn't we call a, an apple an apple and a coon a coon? He's being a coon. Yeah. I think he's trying to cater to his demographic. We were talking about audiences and demographic. He's catering his demographic. You know, it's not black people that go out and put the money in Terry Crews' pocket. It's the, it's the other people. You see the kind of shows and things he's on. So he's trying to... He keeps trying to pacify white people about things they don't need to be pacified for. It's like, oh, we don't need to make this black supremacy. No one's saying that needs to happen, bro. So in the song, he said Terry Crews is another coon who basic who was basically bought. And then I guess when he was talking to Ebro, he said, fuck Terry Crews. He done stepped on a few feet that I feel like is just literally uncalled for. So now, uh, so now we got to return the favor. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to justify the term coon and turn it into something that it can't be turned into. We need to let him know that you either running with us or you running from us. Ain't no time for clarification. Mm. And then I guess in the same interview, he also talked about Kanye, wow. where he said that, um, uh, he said, I'm going to speak to him personally. I got my own personal questions to ask him because a lot of times you can catch the headlines. And before you drop a homie on the head, you should just get a clarification. So do you think him giving... Kanye a pass is kind of contradictory since he didn't give Terry a pass. Yep. But, you know, him and Kanye have history. And I think as friends, we owe each other that. If I see you write something crazy and it's all in the headlines, I know you, Jason. So it's like, no, nah, I'm going to reach out to him and have a conversation with him before I pass judgment. So I think that's what he's doing with Kanye. He clearly doesn't have a relationship with Terry Kuhn. And I don't think he wants one. Yeah. And I like Rick Ross, by the way. I've never met Rick Ross. I don't, think, I don't think I've ever met him, but I've always... I love his albums, and I like Rick. So, okay, cool. Yeah. I've been around him a few times. He got this really dope fatherly vibe, and I can see how he's reached the success he's reached. I ain't calling him daddy. I don't give a fuck what he feel I, like. I didn't want you to call him daddy. <laughs> I got daddy issues. All right, so uh, Lauren Hill. I love Lauren Hill. She's always been a weirdo. You know, the the um, the uh, one of the few celebrity moments that I've had you know, you guys think I got beef with Nikki and I've said bad things about Meg or whatever you feel like. I've never had a bad, real bad celebrity encounter. Uh, but one of my, the worst celebrity encounter that I can remember historically has been with Lauren Hill. You know, I met her mm. years ago when I first got to LA. I used to be at every party. I went to the Black Oscars party. I think I told the story here on the show a while ago, but I met her and I went to shake her hand and she jumped back and snatched her hand back and looked at the ground and said, you will not refer to me as Miss Hill. You will call. You, know, you will not refer to me as Lauren. You'll call me Miss Hill, and I don't shake hands. And she literally walked away without even making eye contact. And her people tried to apologize for her, but I always knew she was a weirdo, you know. Um, and she's a great musician, one of my favorite oh my God, artists, amazing. the Fugees, back in the nineties. You could so amazing, ready or not, every, everything about them was everything. But she's a weirdo, and now her own daughter is saying that she's on some weird shit. <laughs> well, her, her, her own daughter saying she's on some slavery shit. So, uh, Salia Marley did a two-hour Instagram live on Monday. And if you don't know Salia, this is Lauren Hill's daughter. And she's speaking about a lot of things, especially having severe daddy issues. But she's talking about her mom, which she labeled an amazing woman. But she did reveal that 
She used to be very angry with her because of the harsh punishment she would receive being spanked as a child, which we all probably had those stories. So she said she was very angry, so, 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 so angry. She was literally not easy to talk to. And then half the time, we didn't live with her. I lived with my grandparents half the time. It was crazy playing the trauma back in my head. So I guess she's remembering these ass whoopings. I remember my ass whoopings too. So I get it. But she said there was constant threats and that belt, man, that was some slave shit. They said she was on some slavery shit that all Black's parents were on. That's pretty much what she said about her mom, that she would just beat her ass with a belt. Listen, listen. I've been there. When we were young, we got our asses beat, okay? And you yeah. know and you know what? Like real beat. Like beat. And you didn't just get beat by your parents. You got beat by your grandma. You got beat by your auntie. You got beat by your neighbor in my era. And and I remember my, my, my sister's grandmother used to make us go pick the switch we wanted to get our ass with. So mm-hmm. it was that bad. So I don't know. It was on those slave type shit. I guess the whippings or, you know what I mean? But- and, you know, she's much younger than us, Jason. You know what I mean? So she's looking at it like, this is crazy. But to me, this sounds like a very typical story. Like, yeah, yeah. my mom used to spank me and hold yeah. me by the arm and whip me. Like, yeah. Do you, spank your, do you spank your son? Nah, I'm not doing that. You've never spanked him? Nah, but at a certain age, he's going to get a little punch. Yeah. He's going to put some, but you, be some so, hands put on him. So how do you discipline your son? Does he just respect you enough that he listens so you don't have to whoop nah, him? No, 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 no. He, he acts up, but you don't have to whoop him. Like I can really talk to him or he's afraid about me and his mom's voice. So he'll yeah. try to do something. He's trying to be sneaky. We catch him. He's going to start crying. He knows what it is. Um, I do feel like as a man, me and him, he's going to get to a certain point where he's going to try to challenge me and I might have to put... Some hands on him, not beating him to death, of course, but like I do feel like, and this is my personal opinion, there's gonna be at some point as a father with my son, we're gonna have to come into some kind of tussle. I just feel like that's just gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like men do that in general. I fought with my brothers. My, I almost tussled you know, I fought with my uncles. My, yeah, I almost tussled with my dad too, but that I had I had murder in my eyes. Yeah, Dude, that's a different tussle. I know what you're talking a, about. That was rage, and I'm glad I almost I had one of them tussles too. But I'm just talking about like me and my brother used to fight all the time. I love my brother. I never t- looked at it like, you know, he's doing this because he hates me. We would fight, like, you know, so maybe that's not what I'm supposed to say, but I do feel like at some point my son's going to turn 13 or 14. He's going to try to get a little left hook. Well, listen, if you're listening to the show or watching it, I want to know what you think. Text the, text the word podcast to 310-388-6463. We'll put the number here. We'll let it uh, scroll for a little while. Again, if you're if you if you discipline or don't discipline your kids, I want to know what you think. We want to know what you think. Text 310-388-6463. Tell me, you know, text the word podcast though cuz yeah. so many people text me I don't know what's happening. So Michelle Obama's recently opened up about depression and she said that there's mm. quote no reason to worry after revealing that she had low grade uh, depression. And, uh, you know, I was kind of, it was kind of interesting to hear that Michelle Obama was saying this because, you know, she has a new uh, podcast over at Spotify, which I'm sure they paid her millions and millions of dollars. And also shout out to her for, I think she has four Emmy nominations for Becoming, which by far is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And I actually have watched it four times, but she said, she revealed that she's been dealing with low grade depression uh, tied to being on lockdown due to the coronavirus pandemic, along with racial tensions in the U.S. and Trump administration. She said, spiritually, these are not fulfilling times. I know that I am dealing with some form of low-grade depression, not just because of the quarantine, but because of the racial strife and just seeing this administration, watching the hypocrisy of it day in and day out is dispiriting. I have to say, I don't know about you, Damage, I would love to understand, but for me, I felt depressed and I felt overly anxious with those two combinations, going straight from the coronavirus and all of the pandemic and us being locked down in our homes and watching all the despair of everybody losing everything and people dying on Facebook every day and the numbers and the reports coming in every day on the news and also the Black Lives Matter and just the pure outrage and anger and wanting to be more involved and then being involved as much as you can, but also not wanting to get killed by COVID, that it did cause some level of stress and anxiety that I was just saying to myself, like, earlier this morning that I've kind of disappeared from social media. Not really like I haven't done problematic in a couple months. Mm -hmm. I don't post my personal thoughts really that much because I've had to back the fuck up because I see why people snap because they do feel this low grade depression and keep feeling like they have to keep giving themselves and then have a mental meltdown. And I know I'm able to check in with myself and say, yo, I need to sit down for a minute. So 
What do you think about the first lady, our only first lady, <laughs> coming out and talking about, you know, feeling depressed? I could feel it. I can feel it from her point of view because you got to look at it. She was once a part of an administration that, you know, was also, has also been, been, been criticized. But I feel like somebody at her stature and celebrity and influence, she can't just go out there. I feel like this pandemic, when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, it helped a lot of people get out of that stress because they could go outside. They could be around people. They could fight for a cause. And I feel like that helped a lot of people with their stress. But from somebody in her point of view, she's so removed and not removed because she don't want to be a part of it. But like Michelle Obama just can't go out there and do everything. So she's watching everything happen. And, you know, I'm sure people are tweeting her. I'm sure people have questions for her. I feel like it's a mixture of isolated because you're a celebrity and she's bigger than a celebrity. I don't even want to say the word celebrity for Michelle Obama. One. Two, you have like this influence where people are looking at you. At some degree, people are looking at Michelle Obama and Obama's like, what are y'all going to do? And then three, it's like you can't really be out there physically to do anything. And I'm glad she finally has her podcast and a platform to kind of release some of that because I feel like it's all bottled in. All of us are bottled in with this pandemic and this quarantine. And I do feel like on the other side of things, maybe not for Michelle, this Black Lives Matter movement and going out and protesting gave a lot of people purpose during this whole pandemic. Well, after people, like you said, were going to her Instagram and saying stuff, people, she went to her Instagram and said, a lot of you have been checking in on me after hearing this week's podcast. First things first, I'm doing just fine. There's no reason to worry about me. I'm thinking about the folks out there risking themselves for the rest of us, the doctors mm-hmm. and nurses, essential workers all, of all kinds. I'm thinking about the teachers and the students and parents who are just trying to figure out school life for the fall. I'm thinking about the people out there protesting and organizing for a little bit more justice in our country. And then she went on to say, to feel whatever it is you're feeling, I hope you're listening to yourselves and taking a moment to reflect on everything that's coming at us and what you might be able to do about it. And that's exactly what I've been doing. And I hope that people are out there, you know, consuming everything so that way you can stay involved and active and and, and, and support. I even check on my social staff who have to post content every day of all the craziness that we see, you know, because of how fucked up the country is. And I just have to say, man, it is okay to check out when you need to check out. I checked out from doing problematic and went and did my surgery and then focused on self-love and focused on inner healing and focused on this new journey that I'm on. It is an authentic journey. It is not a manufactured. I'm not branding it. You don't see me posting shakes and this and that. This is literally like Jason wants to feel good, look good, be good. He wants to exude good energy. And I'm not saying that problematic is going away because of course I'm going to bring that shit back. But I needed to take the time. I needed to feel, I was just too emotional damage. I would go to Instagram live and start talking Then I'm crying. And it was more so because internally I had so many conflicts going on. And I know that there's people out there that are listening to the show who, who can relate because when we talk here and most of the time it's reckless because I know you guys love that bullshit. But I will say that you guys do fulfill me in many ways because this is like a reciprocated energy where we mm-hmm. put out stuff and then you send it back your criticisms and your positive notes or whatever. But, you know, a lot of the people that I don't even know damage who are pure strangers have given me so much positive, much more positive encouragement than people that I've known for decades. And there's it. a woman, I don't know her name, but I'm. A t- there's a woman who I, somebody sent, one of my followers sent me her Instagram and she had connected with this little black boy. It was a white woman. She connected with this little black boy and created this little online thing where he would post on his mom's Instagram and she would post on hers. And it was like she would she he wanted he he wanted to give up life. And she wanted to inspire him to like do arts and stuff. So he wanted arts and crafts stuff. So she started this whole campaign, like asking people to donate to her cash app so she could buy him some art stuff and or to buy and, and more art stuff to you know to give away to other people. And she was raising like, I don't know couple hundred dollars something she ended up raising fifteen hundred dollars and then i saw it and i said i just cashed up for another thousand and i just dm'd her and said hey you know i love what you're doing just keep it going and it's those kind of moments for her for me but also from other people to me that give me encouragement to keep working on myself like they like yo we know you're gonna get back to problematic but we're hope you're happy we you know we love that you're taking care of yourself so i would say man Michelle Obama is probably another person that there's only a few people that I have not met that I want to meet. Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, I want to meet them. 
I, I pray that I meet them. I've tried so hard to like be in certain situations, but maybe next fundraiser, if there's somewhere I'll pay to go. But it's definitely down the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just they represent everything that I think all of us want to be. You know, I just know that I couldn't be consistent as Barack and be like that good and that polished. Like I'll get an itching to do some shit. You know what I mean? Like I'd be wanting to fuck shit up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there has to be a balance in this world. You got to have the Barack Obamas and the Jason Lees. I mean, shouldn't even put my name in the same sentence, but fuck it. <laughs> but look, Michelle, hold your head. I know you're fine. We all dealing with some kind of stress or depression, but I'm glad she talked about it because it, it helps other people speak about how they feel right now because a lot of people are going through it for real. And I'm glad we have a platform to help people get through it with our ratchet, funny, hilarious, and insightful conversation michelle obama could have been and should have been the first female and first black female president she didn't want it i would have voted would you not have voted for her i would have voted for her. she didn't want it Damn. she was already in that office she was in that house but she could have had tired she could have had eight eight more years of like like could you imagine because you already know how black women rolls right she had rolled up on niggas at the un like look let me just be very clear i'm not fucking with y'all get it done i get it Damn. I get it. But they would have found a way to drag her through CNN for years. But that's, just but, been... but that's what I love about her. She wasn't selfish. She didn't mm -hmm. do it because she could have done it. She didn't do it because she just didn't want to do it. And I feel like, you know, there's so many people running. Like, Trump don't give a fuck about America. I still don't even know what all shit he's done that we don't know about yet, you know? <laughs> like, this has been the craziest thing. Oh, my God, I forgot to tell you, too. The other day I was sitting here in my house and I told my friend, I said, hey man, I'm getting into Forex trading because I know, you know, this cute guy who I've been hanging out with who all he does is trade money all day and he's making money. Mm -hmm. I said, what do I said, man, I'll start out maybe put 10,000 or something. He was like, if you would have put 10,000 in Kodak film the other day, you would have you would have made $473 million that Damn. day. Because the stock jumped because the government uh, invested like a billion dollars in all these different contracts, and the crazy part damages. I know the I know the major stakeholder in Kodak. Jason, what's up, man? Why you didn't put it down? Because he didn't tell me. I mean, that's inside trading. But yeah, I think that'd have been fucked up. Well, yeah, well, would they have known if we would have went like hiking in the mountains, and then he'd have been like, "Hey, man." Oh, that 10,000 in Tuesday at nine o'clock. Hey, what I'm saying is, I'm sure you got more resources. Sorry. Going on them hikes more often. That's a lot of money. Damn, $473 million? Damn. In the, in the pandemic? Well, I will tell you, all of my listeners, no matter how much money I get, no matter how much money I fall into that's unannounced, I would still come back because you matter. First of all, I was a millionaire today. I'm doing this show. For If I woke up and rolled over and put my thumb on my Wells Fargo account app and it opened up and said 473,000,000.00, y'all would see the most disrespectful display of homosexuality online that y'all wouldn't even understand. Wait, how did we get there? Oh, because I would have flights coming from every country. South Africa, Colombia, Cuba, Puerto Rico. Oh, Puerto Rico. Nah, US. you're supposed to be... Channeling your chi. It's all about you right now. Nah. Oh, oh, I'm going to channel some chi. I'm going to tear some chi up. All right. Well, look, that's it for today. <laughs> I'm going to try to go a whole show with you damaged next time without being gay. I'm going to try. Don't worry, because I'm going to start talking about some wet ass pussy a lot. Hey, 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 Don't hey, worry hey. about it. All right. Well, look, on that note, I'm going to go check my allergies. We're out. Peace. Peace. What up, YouTube? Thank you for watching this reckless show. Yeah, and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell. And also don't forget to share and leave a comment because we are reading.